Amen. If you'll hurry and turn your Bible, I'll be done before your ball game starts. Psalms, if you would please turn to the book of Psalms. Psalms 95, if you would please turn with me to your book of Psalms. Psalms 95. Such a wonderful day. Now, I think it's supposed to get worse tonight. And me and Jim and Brother Pickett are having church. Regardless if you come or not. And if I can't make it, Jim and Brother Pickett are having church. So don't call and ask, is the church postponed? If it's not safe, stay home. But if you'd go to work in that kind of weather, we'll see you here at 630. Amen. Don't you think that's fair? All right. And if I think it's too bad for me to go to work, Jim and Brother Pickett will be at work. (laughs) I'm just kidding you. Preparing for Thanksgiving. A lot of preparation goes in to two very special holidays. And that is Christmas and Thanksgiving. I don't know of too many folks who celebrate with an Easter meal. Because if you go to the cafes in town at Easter, nobody can get in. But a lot of folks prepare for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And if our preparation is not sufficient then our thanksgiving will be deficient. Write that down, would you, Jim? Because that's good. (laughs) I'll never think of it again. The book of Psalms is a beautiful, beautiful book. Beginning in Psalms 95, the Lord is putting together a, a conglomerate Of praise and thank you songs. Songs to be sung in the worship service at the temple, the tabernacle, or wherever the Jews would meet. And he says in Psalms 95, verse 1, Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalms 96. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. How do we show, how do we show forth the Lord's salvation in our life? Not by gloom and despair, but by happiness and singing and a joyful song. Folks recognize that, hey, they've got something that I'd like to have. Psalms 97, verse 1. The Lord reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof. 
songs of praise and thanksgiving. Psalms 98. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. Psalms 99. The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion and is high above all the people. Let them praise thy great and terrible name for it is holy. And then the crescendo. Then the grand finale. Then the high tenters begin to sing. And the roof begins to raise. As he says, Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praise. Be thankful. Could I repeat that? Be thankful. Be careful. Unto him. You say, preacher, did you lose your place? No, I want you to think about that. I must be as funny as Mickey Mouse Club. (laughs) Did you miss it? Be thankful. Unto him. I kind of like that. And bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Got anything to be thankful for? You know some of the thoughts you had last week. You know some of the conniving deals you participated in. You know the things you did you shouldn't have done and the things you didn't do you should have done. Yet God loves you anyhow. There is no end to the mercy of God. For he's good. And his mercy everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. 
preparation for Thanksgiving. My wife, my mother, all the ladies that I've been acquainted with all my life make great preparations for the meal on Thanksgiving. Some of our family is going to leave the Holy Land and go to North Carolina during Thanksgiving. It's a pure desertion of the love of God in their life. Disregarding the greatness and the mercy and the truthfulness of her dad. So there's not going to be as many hungry bellies to feed in Thanksgiving. So they're talking to my wife and said, well, you won't have to prepare as much. She said, no, but I'm going to prepare the same thing. Okay. So I suppose we're going to have turkey breast. And dressing. And uh, if Craig is there, dessert. (laughs) Much dessert. And then that famous only plate I will ever partake in, in a casserole dish. A potato something, sweet potato casserole. Are we ready, Jim? She's already began to plan and make preparations for that meal. Many of you ladies here today already have got plans on what, how, when, and where you're going to prepare that meal. But I ask you a question. Have you begun to prepare for Thanksgiving. We're ready to eat. Are we ready to think? Why do we come to church? Verse 4. It talks about how we ought to come to church. It talks about entering his gates with what? Oh, you say, the wife's mad at me. Well, just thank God you got one to get mad. A lot of guys can't find one. (laughs) Hello, can you say amen? And you ought to thank God for the man who run off and left the one you got. (laughs) She's trained already. (laughs) You say, preacher, I just don't understand this. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Have you made any preparation at all for Thursday? A day that is set aside nationally to think. To think who? To think who for what? You said, well, I haven't really thought about it. That's our problem. (laughs) You're not... Thankful because you're not thinking. And if we begin to think of where we are and what God has done and what God is doing and who God is and how great and wonderful he is and what he's yet to do, we might come to the conclusion that we got quite a bit to be thankful for. 
You see, Thanksgiving is a very distinctive and unique day. Thanksgiving is not a day that commemorates a battle, a birthday, or an anniversary. Thanksgiving is a day that we've set aside to thank Almighty God for this great country we live in. I did not have to bring my gun to church this morning to protect me from communists or terrorists who's trying to maim and and keep me from worship. I brought my gun because I carried everywhere. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Honest, I don't have it. But I am so thankful today that I can come to church and preach out of the Bible that I deem to be the Word of God and sing the songs that I and my heart loves to sing and worship a God who has loved us and provided all of this for us. I I, I don't have to do that. I get to do that. And we need to recognize above all things how blessed We are. Just one trip to the hospital, to the little burn center where little babies are burned to be on recognition. And I look at my six kids and I've got a lot to be thankful for. Now my kids are ugly, but it ain't because they were burnt. It was cause of a deficiency on the other side of this genetic thing. My mother-in-law and daddy-in-law's upstairs. My daddy-in-law brought his gun. <laughs> oh, how we need to, uh, to, to, to prepare and, and realize and recognize how blessed we are in America. I'd like to talk to you just for a moment about the basis of our thanksgiving or our lack thereof. What's the basis for it? God says in Psalms 100, and he's talking to the nation of Israel, and he said, hey, look, when you come into uh, houses you did not build, and you begin to reap the fruit off of fields you did not plant, and you begin to eat the grapes from vineyards you had nothing to do with dressing, When you move into the comfortable homes you did not build and you're seated in your comfortable living rooms that you did not furnish and you're eating food to the plenty that you did not provide. When that all happens, God is saying, Israel, don't forget me. Don't forget I'm the one who led you through the wilderness and kept you safe. I'm the one who had the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. Don't you forget Ladies and gentlemen, I believe America has forgotten. I believe we've forgotten who brought us to this land and who blessed this land and who increased this land. And we live in a land of plenty, do we not? Have you thanked God for it or have you taken it completely for granted? Our empty pews today speak of people who take the blessings of God for granted. 
And they act as though I'm dumb enough to believe them. You say, well, preacher, America is thankful for what and to whom? Did you know that Russia does not have a national day of thanksgiving? Mexico has not a day set aside and termed as thanksgiving. Neither does Iran, Iraq, Syria. Only America and Canada sets aside a special day each year to thank God for blessing. Verse 1 of Psalms 100 tells us to whom he writes. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Does that encompass us? Verse 5, for the Lord... Is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth. Now be careful to all generations. Do you fall into that category? You see, maybe the Lord is trying to prepare you and I for Thanksgiving. Why is it that people are not thankful? You say, well, I'm thankful. Are you really? Did you tithe today? Did you tithe last week? If you didn't tithe last week, did you make it up this week? Well, I'm thankful. Oh, you are? Are you 10% thankful? It ain't time to pray. You can look up. Why is it that you still got God's money in your pocket? Why is it that you just take for granted you're going to be able to work next week and the week after that and week after that and week after that and they're just going to keep paying you? Brother Andrew and I made some visits yesterday to Wall's Outlet Store. They're losing their jobs. Dickie bought them out. Now the ladies, the people who work, they have no jobs. You still have a job? Why is it Why is it that we are not as thankful as we should be? Or as we could be? As God would want us to be? Could it be maybe possibly that we feel that we're entitled to God's blessings? After all, we've got a fundamental Baptist haircut. 
We don't wear shorts. Now I do. In fact, I wear them everywhere I go. But I got them covered. If you keep yours as covered as I do, you can wear yours anywhere you want to. Why is it we feel like that we're entitled to what we have? Well, I worked hard for it. Yeah, you did probably. I've managed well. Really? Okay. Reminds me of two friends, old friends, old time friends that met after a long period of time. And one of them was kind of looked like he'd been baptized in pickle juice. And his other friend looked at him and said, say, I haven't seen you in a long time. And I'm just wondering, man, you look like you've been run over by a sorry truck. He said, well, you don't understand. Three weeks ago, my uncle died and left me $40,000. That's a lot of money, I said. He said, yes, and two weeks ago. My cousin died, I never knew, and left me $85,000. Really? Yeah. He said, well, why why are you looking so sad? He said, well, you don't understand. Last week, an uncle I had never known, never even knew was my uncle, died and left me a half a million dollars. And his friend said, well, why are you looking so sad? He said, this week, nothing. <laughs> we might have been permeated with an with a entitlement mindset. I got it because I deserve it. No, no, no. If we got what we deserved. We wouldn't be dressing what we dressed in today, driving what we're driving, acting like we're acting. If we got what we deserved, you don't want what we deserve. And our problem in America today is we deserve it. I've earned it. It's mine. Could that be a problem? I think if you read just Ten pages this book anywhere, you'd find out you really don't deserve it. You said, ten pages? That'd take me a month. Good, you might understand it if it took you that long. The mindset, I deserve it. Our kids, we are, we are filling them with that mindset all the time. I mean, man, I do not know how we made it. When I was a kid, With the toys that we had or didn't have. I don't ever remember having a toy that I could push a button and it would moo at me. (laughs) Or cock-a-doodle-doo at me. I never had any of them toys. Maybe that's why I turned out like a 
But we're filling our kids' hearts and minds with this mindset that I'm entitled to it. And because of that, we only thank God for all the abundance we have. And our thanksgiving is completely based upon how much we have. Lord, I thank you for my car. Lord, I thank you for my house. Lord, I thank you for junk and things that somebody else is going to own one of these days. I just wonder if maybe there's not something wrong with that. I read in the Bible, in the book of Luke, chapter number 18, about a fella who thanked God. And you know, you just think, well, that's wonderful. And the Bible says, I'd like to read it to you, please. And please now, I want you to be careful. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Righteous folk who despise others. And this Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee. Isn't that something? I thank thee. Well, what was he thankful for? That I'm not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers. And even as this poor, pitiful fellow who didn't have a car to park in the parking lot, but walked to the altar. God, I thank you for all this junk in my life. That I'm not like this poor, pitiful person. What are you thankful for? The Bible said that poor, pitiful person did not even feel himself worthy to look up into the face of God. But he bowed himself to the ground and beat upon his chest and said, Lord... Be merciful me, a sinner. And this man went down to his house justified. God don't care what kind of dumb car you're driving. It didn't cost God any more to give you yours. My little truck didn't break God any more than my big truck. You said, you mean you got two trucks? You want to buy one? I don't know if you remember the movie Roots or not. Some of you probably didn't want to watch it because it was the wrong color. 
But Alex Haley, the author of Roots, had a very unusual picture in his study. It was of a turtle sitting on a fence post. People who come by and say, Mr. Haley, why do you have that crazy picture of a turtle sitting on that fence post? He said, because when I write things and people tell me how great I am and what a great author I am and what a great tribute to society I've made, I look at that turtle and it reminds me he didn't get up there by himself. Somebody had to help him up there. You got healthy kids? You got a happy home? You got a car that starts? You got a wife that keeps you straight? You didn't get it by yourself. And where you are and what you have today is not because of your accomplishments. It's because of the blessings of God in our life. Maybe we need to get a picture of a turtle on a fence post to remind us that everything we are and everything we have came from God. The basis of our thanksgiving. Everything comes from God. Amen. So the next time you start complaining to your wife about how she cooks something, just remind it. God give her to you. So take that up with God. If she's not as submissive as you might think, quit griping at her. Take it up with the guy who gave it to you. Oh, that tore some of your theology all to pieces. I close. The blessings of thanksgiving. There is no doubt as we read the psalm, thanksgiving is a direct command of God. God commands us to be thankful. God commands us to come into His presence with thanksgiving. God commands us to be thankful unto Him. Psalm 106 and verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord. It's not a choice. It's a command of God that you and I be thankful. Have you ever heard anybody say to you, have a merry Thanksgiving? What is always the defining word when you say, have a Thanksgiving? What's the word? Say what? Say what? Some of you, some of you can't even say the word. Say what? Happy, 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 happy. You read the psalm, Psalm 100, there is no doubt 
There is no absolute doubt that it's talking about how to be a happy, happy, thanksgiving person. Happy Thanksgiving. Would you like to have a happy Thanksgiving? Mr. Kipling was a great writer who had opportunities to enjoy the success that he lived. And he had made millions writing. And a newspaper reporter came to him one day and said, Mr. Kipling, I just read that somebody has sat down and mathematically figured it out that your writings amount to over a hundred dollars a word. Mr. Kipling did not respond. So the smart aleck, sarcastic reporter said, Sir, and he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a hundred dollar bill and gave it to Mr. Kipling and said, Sir, would you give me one of those $100 words? Mr. Kipling took the $100 bill and he looked at it to make sure it was real. He folded it in his pocket and stuck it in there and said to the man, Thanks. That is not just a hundred dollar word. That is a million dollar word. Thanks. It's 12 o'clock. I should be done by now. I want to quickly, I'll not move from here to let you know I'm done. (laughs) Give you five $100 words commended in Psalms 100. The first word I give to you is God's command in verse 1 to shout. Notice, if you would, in verse 1, it talks about, it says, make a joyful noise. You know what a joyful noise is? Hallelujah. That's a good word. Thank you, brother. I'll give you $100 after the service. It means to be boisterous and loud like a Trumpet blast. God says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Baptist is plumb scared of the word shout. Especially on Sunday morning between 11 and 12. But now they get a shout about 1230. When the cowgirls kick off. And they learn how to shout when Johnny Football has lost his shout. And somebody trimmed his sails. Can an am purple say amen? And it hurt me as bad as it did you. 
And I'm not thankful for it. No, it didn't, he said. No, it didn't. No, I can tell by looking, it didn't. But a word, a hundred dollars, a million dollar word. In the word thanksgiving, God says we need to prepare ourselves for thanksgiving with a shout. Wouldn't it be? I saw Brother Jay stand up a while ago and kind of wave. Four people. He's not a member. He's a visitor. Don't. That's not how our church is. The word shout. Verse 2, the word serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. You don't serve me. You don't serve this congregation. You don't serve one another. It says, serve the Lord with what? Man, I'm glad I get to serve the Lord. Now, if I wasn't preaching, I'd be dying. If I wasn't involved in the Lord's work, I'd be as bad as a fifth wheel on a broke down wagon. If I wasn't serving God, I'd be like some of you. Miserable. Complaining. Fault finding. Thank God. I can serve. That's a word. That's a word. Serve. Serve. The Bible said, Jesus said, inasmuch as you've done it to one of these little ones, you've done it, what? Unto me. Whatever you do, wherever you do it, serve the Lord. Next word, the command to sing. Enter his courts with what? Sing. I I like that word. It says, I'm so glad that I can enter his presence with what? 150 songs written, published, and inspired of God to lead us into the spirit of thanksgiving. Singing folk are not a complaining folk. And a complaining folk ain't a singing. Can you say amen? Singing prepares our heart for thanksgiving. Word. Very easy word. Shout, serve, sing. Don't those tend to make one happy? You say, have you got another word? Well, sure, I got another word. Don't you know I got another word? It says, no. K-N-O-W, no. Know that the Lord, he is God. Do you know that today? It is he that made us and not we ourselves. Do you know God as a creating God? A God that not only creates but sustains. See all that junk in your backyard that you think you accumulated? It was made out of something that somebody else was made. And he made it. I'm glad that I know 
who God is. And what God has done and what God is doing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. I'm glad he is. And that he made us and not we ourselves. I'm glad of that, aren't you? Do you know that God made us? And that we are the sheep of his pasture. The problem I think many of us have, we would rather be shepherds than sheep. Because we tell God what we're going to do. You know, if it's a ball game on or a race at the track or something going on that bigger than what God's gone on down here, uh, we'll tell God what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. See, we like being shepherds, not sheep. Well, I kind of like being sheep because, see, I don't know where the still waters are. And I don't know where the green pastures are. But my shepherd, he knows where his sheep need to be. Is there anybody listening? You say, well, preacher, I'm a shepherd. How's it going? Last word, and we're done. Enter. Notice the word enter. The word enter. Verse number four, enter into his gates with what? Now, I want you to think about this morning when you walked in the front door of the church. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. It's speaking specifically about the place where God meets his people. The temple. The sanctuary. In the Old Testament, it had to be the temple. But in the New Testament, it's the local New Testament church. Enter, not if you want to. Enter, not if you have time to. Enter, not if it fits in with your schedule. Enter, not if it revolves around all the little league athletic programs that you're working with. And when you get a little bit older, you won't be able to do that anyhow. Mm. Get mad because your kid don't make a run 150 yards. You need to tell your kid... He's too big a chicken to play the position he's playing. Next time you tell your kid, hit him! I wish he'd look at you and say, how many did you hit, daddy? You say, oh, we didn't have that when I was playing checkers, son. God ain't asking you whether you want to enter or not. God's asking you, if you want to prepare your heart and your life and your family to be thankful, how to sing, how to shout, how to serve, how to honor God, how to lift Him up. If you want to know that, then you must enter His courts with praise. Come in the presence with thanksgiving and be thankful unto Him. Those are good words. I wish I'd have written in that note why we close with verse 5. For the Lord is what? Say what? 
I didn't hear you. You mean to tell me God is good to you? Are you acting like it? For the Lord, he is good. And his mercy is what? And his truth endureth to all generations. What if God began to meet our needs with the same degree that we give him our lives? What if we never saw another flower because we grumble when God sends the rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if God took away his message because you won't believe his messenger? What if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him for yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the same way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we do not follow him today? Just something to think about. I'm glad the psalmist wrote, he hath not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. You want to thank God for something? Thank God you didn't get what you deserved. 